The fear of not being good enough. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about already. You're probably avoiding social media for your business because you're worried about how people will judge you. But you also know you have to talk about your business if you want your business to be successful. If that's you, you're in the right place. What if you allowed yourself to give up the struggle for perfection? What if you really are good enough already? Join me as I talk to entrepreneurs who are working through their fear and imposter syndrome, getting out there and talking about their business and giving us a flossom social media presence. You can do this too. We're going to show you how. I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride. Welcome to Be Flossom, the Good Enough podcast. Today, my guest is Madeline Sklar. She helps busy entrepreneurs transform their social media marketing so they can reap the rewards of a strong community and higher engagement. And she's also known as the tattoo-wearing social media evangelist. You will find Madeline all over Twitter. We're going to talk a lot about Twitter and tattoos and vulnerability and sharing today. And I'm really excited to have her join me. So welcome, Madeline. Hey, Anita, thank you for inviting me. Excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here because I've been on your Twitter chat a couple of times, the Twitter Smarter Chat. And if people haven't checked that out, it's a great one to learn how to use Twitter and how to be part of Twitter chats, which I talk about all the time when I tell people why I love Twitter. Tell me first, how did you niche down into Twitter? Because I talk to a lot of small business owners who don't even use it. And here you have a whole business and a whole brand really based on Twitter. We see all kinds of Instagram gurus, lots of Facebook gurus. We do not see a lot of people like you and I who say Twitter is the best network. So how did you get from everything to niching down in Twitter? Well, it's such a great question, Anita. I got onto Twitter in 2008. So it was like a really long time ago when it was fairly new. I remember it was the big buzz at South by Southwest that year. I downloaded to see what it was all about. And I thought it was super interesting and love the fact that they called it micro blogging back then because it was all about 140 characters. And I started blogging in 2000 when that was a new thing. And people are like, what's a blog? I have such a new term back then. And when I would blog and write, I was always short and to the point. So when Twitter came out, I'm like, oh, this is for me because I can just be so concise, which is how I like to write anyway. And I found it interesting. But in those early days of Twitter, most of us, just like early days of Instagram, when these, these tools are new, we don't know what to put on there. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like, what do I share? Do I share what I had for lunch? I guess I'll do that. I don't know what to talk about. Like, is you know, when you go back to your early tweets, it's comical. Like the things we, we talked about, I would say... Within a year, I started like really spending more time on it and really just just head down. Let me like figure out how I can use this to the maximum benefit. And I just was in love with it. And I loved it more than any of the other platforms out there. And as others came out, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, I still love Twitter the best and just became a huge advocate. Over the years, I got known for social media marketing. People knew me for you know online courses, training, and just being a great resource. And I've always been well-versed in all the different social media platforms. But over time, I think because of my love for Twitter, it really came through and people really started noticing like, this is the Twitter go-to gal. That, that's pretty much what people would call me. This is the Twitter go-to gal. And the big turning point 
was when I decided to start the Twitter Smarter hashtag. You know, people know that for the Twitter Smarter chat, but I actually started it a few years prior. The chat started in 2015, but actually it was 2013. And I'd been talking up Twitter for years. And I thought, let me brand my own hashtag and use it as a way to tell people, hey, if you follow this hashtag on Twitter, every day I'll share Twitter articles and information and resources, like you'll always know what's going on with Twitter and use it to help your business. And I can honestly say every day since I started that hashtag in 2013, there are tweets from me <laughs> under that hashtag, whether it's just new articles or maybe some really good evergreen articles or my podcast, my Twitter chats, anything that will help people with Twitter. And that really amplified my voice out there for being a Twitter marketing expert. And so people really took notice of me. And then fast forward two years later, 2015, I decided to start a podcast and call it Twitter Smarter. I also did an online course called that my Twitter Smarter Masterclass. I just kept using that name because no one else was using the hashtag. And so I started the Twitter Smarter podcast in mid 2015. And it was so popular so quick that I was going to do a Twitter chat, but I actually started it way sooner than I planned. So literally six weeks later after the podcast came out, I started, I just went ahead and went for it and just put it out there. And it's just been amazing to see the community I've been able to build with a hashtag to help people use Twitter better. It's, it's just been amazing. What amazes me about Twitter smarter and your brand is that there are so many different facets to what you do. But in essence, you're recycling your knowledge and your your content in what five different ways on one platform. Because you have your Twitter profile with all your tweets, you have your Twitter chat, you have your Twitter podcast. What else do you have? You have two weekly Twitter spaces. Actually three. Two of them are specifically Twitter. And then one, because I love Twitter spaces, I think, you know, audio only is such an interesting way to share your knowledge and bring people together. That my third one is where me and my co-host, we just share the latest social audio news every week where we talk about Clubhouse and Spaces and any other social audio platforms. But it's just like the power of, of using the features that Twitter, you know, Twitter gives us a lot that we can do. The problem is they don't give you a how-to guide. They go, <laughs> Here's how to do everything. So people rely on people like you and I to learn it and figure it out and turn around and share all that information with the world. Yeah. So what else is there on Twitter that you're using? You've got your Twitter newsletter which everybody can go sign up for by finding yep. your profile. It's right at the top. Twitter review is the platform that it uses. And there's a Twitter community. Is there anything yeah. else that I've missed? That, because that's the, so many it's, different it's ways a to lot. talk to people. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, this community's feature is fairly new. It's not super robust. It's not like Facebook groups, but I love that Twitter is not afraid to try these different things, these different avenues to see what will work. And while community still feels like very early days, uh, it is an interesting way to bring people together just by tweeting just to the community. People could join my Twitter Smarter community on Twitter, and then I can tweet specifically to just that group. It's almost like a private group DM really is what is, and actually I used to do that quite a bit before the communities feature, because it's really the same thing. Yeah, I think it has a lot of possibilities. We just need people to, I don't know if it needs to roll out wider, but we need people to adopt it. 
And I've joined, I don't know, four or five Twitter communities, and I don't see the tweets from them very often. Same here. Yeah. And that's a problem. Like Twitter needs to set it up so you, you do get notifications. I think a smart thing would be when you go to your notifications, there should be a way to click and see just community notifications, uh, yeah. which they don't do. And I miss a lot of them. I have to remember to go to the different communities just to see the conversation. So that that's a big problem right there. Yeah. But I think there's lots of, of possibilities for how to use it. And then the Twitter circles and, you know, being able to just talk to specific groups of people in different ways. I said about a year ago, and I thought it would have happened by now, but I think we're going to have a huge Twitter resurgence. And maybe Elon Musk has dampened that. I don't know. But I really think with all of the new things that Twitter's putting out there, people are going to want to start coming there more, don't you? I think so. I mean, there's definitely been more talk about the excitement people have with Elon Musk uh, coming on board, but everything's still up in the air. So we don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel like we are in this renaissance with Twitter right now. I think people are getting tired of some of the other platforms that they've spent so much time on mm -hmm. and they're coming back to Twitter. It seems like a lot of people have circled back around. And because of all these newer features, especially Twitter spaces, I really feel like it is bringing more people over to the platform. If you were talking to a small business owner today, like a really like a solopreneur, a, a coach, a one person shop who was maybe only using the Twitter feed, the, the old fashioned way, the old school way, what would you tell them? How would you advise them to figure out what's the next step for them on Twitter? I think just using it to connect with people. I mean, so many times people just see it as, let me put stuff in my feed. And they're mm. just looking at it as a one-way street instead mm. of a two-way street. So what I think small businesses should do is pay attention to conversations and jump into it, be a part of these conversations, be a conversation starter as well, but just be immersed in conversations. And it's so easy to do. You could look at you know, what's trending, you know, and things that, that relate to your business, trending hashtags, for instance, or you could use Twitter's advanced search. They do have an advanced search that a lot of people don't know about it's that <laughs> allows you, it is hidden, but allows you to really deep dive and look for very specific conversations. So like an example, just off the top of my head would be, what if you own a pizza parlor in your town? Well, you could go to the advanced search and put in, you know, you're looking for people talking about pizza in your city. So I'd put in those keywords, pizza, your city. There are ways, it used to be real easy to do a location. It's a little harder now. You have to use um, these certain kind of little codes to uh, get that to work. But there's a lot you could do with that to filter out and find a very specific group of people. I remember years ago, Gary Vaynerchuk did this great example of like, hey, if you're a realtor and you're looking to talk mm -hmm. to people looking to buy homes, you could just go onto Twitter into the advanced search and just put in the right keywords in your city and see what are people talking about. And that allows you to jump in and talk to them. So there's so many little things like that you could do, but it's really important to think of Twitter as a two-way street, not just a one. Don't just push your content out. You got to be on that receiving end as well and talk to people. I'm so glad you said that because every time I talk to people about Twitter and they tell me, oh, I don't want to talk about what I had for lunch, which is what we did in 2008, 2009, before the, right. pl the platform matured. And I tell them that it's a, it's a conversation and you can't just broadcast on it and you need to get in there and talk to people. And they're like, well, what am I going to, I can't just jump into somebody else's conversation. Well, yeah, you can. That's the fun of Twitter, right? That's, I mean, exactly. 
that's the only reason we're here today is because somewhere along the way, I jumped into a conversation that you were part of and we talked. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And that's what brought us together. And so is not being afraid to jump into conversations. What you have to think about is if you see a tweet, it's public. Mm -hmm. If they don't want it to be public, their account would be private. And then you would not be able to converse with them. So the point everybody needs to remember when they're looking, surfing around Twitter is these are public tweets. It's encouraged to jump into conversations and talk to people. Now, something that could get people started, if you're not really comfortable yet, what I would suggest is start with something simple like, okay, what is one of your favorite brands? Off the top of my head, I'm just going to throw out the Gap. I don't know why that came in my head, but it did. So let's just say I just go to the Gap or Whole Foods or just some company where I like going to their store or going to their restaurant. Go to their big Twitter account and look at their tweets and find one of their current, one of their most recent, like within a day or two, and just reply to whatever they're talking about. Just reply to it and converse. And also look at all of the replies under that tweet. Those are all the other people doing the same exact thing. And so those are people you can talk to as well. You have something in common. This is a favorite restaurant or a favorite brand of yours. Other people feel the same way you do. That's why they're hit and reply. So now you have a little mini community of people who are like-minded with you that y'all are all brought together by this one branded account. That's a great way to just kind of get started getting comfortable with this to see how easy it is to be part of these conversations. Then what I suggest, once you're ready to really go all in on making a two-way street and talk to people, especially your audience, your community, the people you want to pay attention to you, to follow you, to buy from you, is what I do is I create Twitter lists because Mm -hmm. I want to customize my Twitter feed. There's this big misconception that it's just the home feed to see all the people I follow and that I should only follow the people I want to pay attention to. Not necessarily. You can just create a Twitter list. It doesn't have to be people you follow, but let's say we'll just keep on this gap thing. Let's say I'm in retail marketing and I want to see what are my competitors doing. I'm going to create a Twitter list. I'm going to make it private for my eyes only. You can do public or private defaults to public. Make sure you tap the button to make it private. So it's just for you. And I would just put all my competitors in there. And every day I'll go look at that feed of just tweets from those types of businesses and see what are they talking about? What is their community listening to from them? Go look at the comments and see what is their community saying to their tweets. There's so much you can get out of that. And then I would also create a private Twitter list of the people and businesses you want to be in front of that you want to hear you, hear your message and make a list of them and pay attention to their tweets and find opportunities to jump into their conversations. Mm -hmm. So you'll start standing out to them. Little things like that go such a long way. Yeah. Twitter lists are one of my favorite hidden features on there. And it's, it's more obvious than the Twitter advanced search, but it's still hidden and people don't take advantage of it enough. But I love using Twitter lists. The other thing about Twitter lists is you can use them as a resource for people. So I have a Twitter list that's like all of the businesses I can find in my city of Halifax. I don't curate it very consistently, but I try And I'll put people in there. And then when somebody's joining Twitter and they're a business here in Halifax, I tell them, go to this list and you'll find there's 700 businesses in our city on Twitter. Now, they're not all active all the time, but it's a start. They're in your community. They will talk to you. So there's lots of ways that people can use lists that I think they're missing out on. 
Yeah. That's such a great use of it, Anita. And what I love about how you're doing that is that those businesses that find out about this, that you tell them, they can subscribe to your list so that it shows up with their Twitter list. And you already did all the work. You did all the heavy lifting. All they have to do is just click on it. And I've done that before Mm -hmm. where years ago, I had a client where I was helping their Twitter account and it was a guitar strings company. Like all they did was sell guitar strings and we wanted their profile to be a lot of resources. And I went and created a Twitter list of like all the different music and guitar companies Mm. and had a list. I made it public. So, and a lot of people subscribe to it, but then I went looking for other people as I found some businesses and some people created better lists than what I was trying to do. I just subscribed to theirs mm-hmm. and then I could just easily access at any time and find all those great tweets and resources that I could then showcase on this Twitter account. So I'm a huge fan of lists too. I mean, I cannot really function well on Twitter without Twitter lists. <laughs> No, me either. I mean, that's when doom scrolling happens. And that's why I'm taking a summer break from having the Twitter app and the other apps on my phone is so that I can get a break from doom scrolling, which we all do on all of the networks, I think. Of course. But it's such a good point you bring that up because I find that so many people tell me they dislike Twitter because they feel like they just, that's all they do. But if you go create Twitter lists, you're basically customizing your individual feeds of the things that interest you or the businesses you want to pay attention to or your competitors, even your customers. Mm-hmm. And it just is a game changer for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you can stay focused and go to the lists and then not do the doom scrolling, you're golden. Exactly. I am not that focused. (laughs) 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 All right. I want to talk a bit more about your brand as the tattooed social media evangelist. We talked a bit about this getting ready for recording. Tattoos are still for women. One of those things that may still have some stigma. Obviously, you and I don't have any stigma around that. You're full of tattoos. And tell us the story of how you became known as the tattooed social media evangelist. And did you have that stigma in your mind? And how did you overcome that? I definitely felt a stigma when I was much younger because I did start getting tattoos when I was really young before it was cool. I'm definitely older than I look. I just have good genes. I look young (laughs) for my age. I mean, I've been getting tattoos a really long time, but I just started off slowly And actually early on, they weren't even very visible, but I I clearly remember when I was uh, a young mom with my uh, son in elementary school, and I had a couple of tattoos that were visible, but I clearly remember you know, not feeling super comfortable having more, more that I wanted to get more, but I didn't want them to be too visible because I live in a very conservative suburb of Houston, Texas. And it just, it was before tattoos got really cool and mainstream. And I just was like, but when I feel like when we're younger, we worry so much about what other people think. I feel like the older we get, the more we let that go. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, as a woman, like, I mean, I'm in my fifties now. I don't care anymore. I really don't. I like tattoos. So what if I have a bunch and it even surprises some people that like at my age to have this many and still be getting more. And I actually just found this woman on TikTok who is my age covered in tattoos and she just puts out these really positive messages like live your own life and and be happy and, you know, dress the way you want to dress and have tattoos if you want. And I, I love that. And I think that's so inspiring. I feel like the younger generations are are a little bit more open because tattoos are more Mm. common now, but it took me a while to get more comfortable. And I think what happened with 
getting seen as the tattoo wearing social media evangelist, as I've been called, is because I was starting to get more tattoos that were visible on my arms. So when, and I've been doing public speaking for digital marketing since 2000. So I've been out speaking a long time. And I think people just started noticing more and more with my tattoos, but I never really thought about incorporating that into my brand. What really caused me to shift my focus a little more, not just the Twitter go-to gal, but also using that line, tattoo-wearing social media evangelist, is that I was written up in an article where they called me that. They referred to me as that. I was in some top digital marketing you know, people to follow type of article. I get put in those all the time. What I love the most, I'm sure you appreciate it, Anita, is that when people write about us and they actually take the time to really research us and come up with something unique instead of pulling off of our LinkedIn or our bio <laughs> on our website, because most times that's what writers will do. And I understand it's just quick and easy, but I was written up with this beautiful paragraph. And when I saw that tattoo wearing social media evangelist, I was like, whoa, that is a super cool way of describing me. Uh, in addition to the Twitter go-to gal, I reached out to the, the writer of that article and I asked if I could use that in my bio. She said, yes. And I think probably that day when she said, yes, I immediately put it on everywhere, my website bio, my Twitter, anywhere where I have a bio, you'll see that. Then I started thinking, well, I, I do have a good number of tattoos, but then I started feeling like I want to really live up to this name, this, you know, being called this. You don't see a lot of women out there with visible tattoos. I definitely don't see many in social media marketing in, in the world that we're in, but just in a lot of different businesses. I think we're seeing it more with the younger people. And I think some of us that are older are, are starting to feel more comfortable. And also, like I said, because I don't care as much what other people think. And so I'm just embracing something that I feel is unique to me and what makes me me and is something I like to do. It's a very personal thing. And I, I just like have a story behind every tattoo and they all have special meaning to me. And I, I appreciate that some people see me out there and look at me that way as the tattoo or in social media evangelist. I think it's super cool. And so one of the things, the first time I remember you mentioning tattoos was about a year ago, year and a half ago, when you started doing a daily series on Twitter, of course, sharing the stories of your tattoos. Was that the first time that you really kind of came out and talked about the tattoos and just called attention to them? Or I think that was the first time on Twitter I wanted to really like showcase it more and make it a, kind of really incorporating it more into my personal brand. Over the years on Instagram, I would sometimes post a picture or maybe just an Instagram story when I'm getting a tattoo. And then Facebook was interesting. My personal Facebook, you know, you have photo albums. And I actually started a photo album many, many years ago with my tattoos. And what I would do is every time I got a new tattoo, it was almost like a scrapbook. And I would just put it in there. And it was really kind of just for me, but of course I share it. So other, you know, other people see it. And I realized. I was just doing that on Facebook, even though I don't really use Facebook. I mean, Facebook, of course, just friends and family, see what people are up to. I don't use it a whole lot for business. So it just made me think about how do I want to put this message out on Twitter? And many times when I'm doing things on Twitter, I'm also trying to show off some of these amazing features. And I thought, why don't I do a daily thread? So every day, it was just an interesting idea popped in my mind. I'm like, I want to share more about my tattoos. Why don't I do a daily thread? So each day... I'll tweet some pictures and the story behind. And of course, it's concise because mm -hmm. Twitter, 280 characters. And some of them are, are threaded together to be maybe multiple tweets. But I thought this will be interesting. And then 
after I, I mean, it took over a month to do this every day. And then when I was done, I took all those tweets and created Twitter moments out of it, which is another cool Twitter feature where you can just take any public tweets, whether they're yours or other people's, and just create a group of tweets that you curate, just basically a curated group of tweets together. Mm -hmm. And so that way I would have it and I could always refer back to it. I could share it again and people could see all of them. And it was well received. People really liked learning more about my tattoos and the story behind some of them. So it was, it was just fun. And it just felt very liberating, you know, to do something like that and not keep it all to myself and not talk about it. Why do you think people responded so well to it? Like, what is it about that that made people want to talk to you about it and keep you going? You know, such an interesting question. I mean, certainly people thought it was cool and they just, I think mm -hmm. they liked the coolness of it. There were plenty of people that were like, oh, you're inspiring me to go get my next tattoo. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about getting something. And what's interesting, and one of the things I talked about in this thread uh, that I posted was that I've been doing what I call my birthday tattoo every year for almost 10 years, about 10 years now, I think. And it was just something that was on a whim years ago. It was just out on my birthday one night out with friends for dinner. And afterwards, I'm like, I think I want to go get a tattoo tonight. And when it was just random and just went to the tattoo shop, did that. And the next year I thought, I want to do this again. And I just, people thought it was the, they're like, what a great idea. And I'm like, well, I want to make sure I get at least one tattoo a year and this will ensure I do it. It'll be a birthday present to myself. And it really started inspiring people. So when I would talk about that, people go, I'm going to start doing that. What a great idea. A birthday tattoo, a present to myself. And I just, you know, it's just something I just did so randomly, but I just kept at it. And it was like the first year I did it, like first annual birthday tattoo and the next year, second annual. And I mean, I've gotten all the way up to 10th annual because I started in 2013 and called that the first annual. I just did this year, you know, back in January, 2022, which ended up being, you know, the 10th annual. And I'm like, Man, and here's an interesting side note to that. I've gone to the same tattoo artist every time because I now go to this woman who I've been mm. friends with a long time who actually has her own shop. So instead of just going to different places, I just go to one person, their shop. And what we do every year is when we're done with my tattoo, we set the appointment for my birthday on the next year. So it's oh, already wow. pre-scheduled, already done. And it's just something fun. It's just a, a me thing that I really enjoy doing. I think people like it because it is different especially for a woman in this industry to just be yeah I have tattoos so what it doesn't affect your ability to do your job it doesn't affect anything but it tells a lot about you and who you are and I think that's why people flock to it that's why people want to want to hear more about it I mean I love hearing the stories behind people's tattoos my husband has a bunch of tattoos I'm still a tattoo virgin but just when you were talking about the birthday tattoo, I was thinking maybe, maybe for my 50th, I'll get a tattoo, which is only a year and a bit away. So maybe that's what I'll do is I'll start the birthday tradition on my 50th, which would be kind of fun. But my problem is I, cool. I can't figure out what to do, but that's a whole other story. That's the hard, that's the hard part <laughs> is like figuring out what to do. You know, what works for me is I get inspiration from just doing some searches. And personally, I like just going on Instagram and typing in, I was actually looking last night because I had this one spot on my arm way up high up here. That's a little bit of space. And I, I was not rushing to do that. And I wasn't even sure what I wanted next, but then I saw 
I was on Instagram. I saw this compass that looked really cool. I thought, let me just do searches for that. And just putting in the keywords for that, like compass tattoos and, and just saw a whole bunch of cool designs. I'm like, Ooh, I'm liking some of these. And it just gives me inspiration. Pinterest is a great place to yeah. go for ideas too. So Pinterest and Instagram are, are just the two best sites I've found to just get ideas. Cause that is the hard part, deciding what exactly you want. Yeah. Cause you want something you're going to be happy with forever. Obviously. Yeah. Do you have your hashtag tattooed on you? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> no, I do have uh, just do it. Uh, because uh-huh. that's a t- thing I say a lot. I don't have Twitter. So I've thought about it. Now, 20 plus years ago, I started an online community for female musicians called Go Girls Music. And, you know, years into that, people used to say, hey, have you ever thought about getting a Go Girls tattoo? And I said, I've thought about it, but I'm not sure where I'd put it. And it's just our logo. I have one of them. It's- uh-huh this right here. We have a couple of different logos. Uh, the main one is the stick figure girl. And I decided one year, yeah, I'm going to do it. I was at a music conference and I, and th- actually this is a really cool story. It was a long time ago, music conference. And I remember it had been in my head for a while. Cause so many people were asking me like, you know, I should get the tattoo of our logo since I ran the community. I was the founder and leader. So I'm driving to a conference on the way, I'm looking down at my leg and at my ankle. I'm like, ooh, I think I want to get it on my ankle. I think that'd be a cool spot for it. I actually have three of them on me. Uh, but the first spot I did it on was on my ankle. So when I get to Austin, Texas for this conference, and this this was like the stars aligning, Anita. What happened was I had this full schedule at this event. I didn't know when or where I was going to be able to do this. But it was going to be a real small tattoo. So I, I knew it wouldn't take long. I was putting on an event at a music venue. And when we went in to set up earlier that day, I kid you not, there was a tattoo shop next door. (laughs) And I'm like, this is a sign. I'm for sure going to do this because it's right there. So I went in the venue, set up for the show. I had a a couple hours to spare, went next door, told them what I wanted. And as a walk-in, they were able to take me pretty quick. So I go and do this tattoo. I had two other friends with me from my music community. As soon as I was done with mine, one of my friends goes, I want to get it too. So she got the same tattoo in the same location. We did it as a red tattoo because our logo, our colors were black and red. And the lo- that logo is usually red everywhere. So she gets on her ankle in the same spot. Then our other friend decided when she was done, like, I want to do it too. Like it was, <laughs> we were all just random. So the third one gets it. We're done now. Now I'm back next door running this music event. I'm hosting it. So I'm on stage introducing the acts. And we were showing another friend of our online community that was there. It was This was all an online community I started in 1996, and but we would do events in person. And so one of our other members saw what we, we showed her, our tattoos, and she goes, I want to get one too. I'm like, really? She goes, yes, I will totally do it. So when we were done with that event, we went back next door and the fourth court. So there's four of us. It's such a crazy story. Four of us in one night, we all got the same tattoo. It's small. I mean, it's, you know, it's not very big, but it's all on our ankle, same spot, mm-hmm. same color, same tattoo artist did us. And that was the start of getting this logo uh, through my online community. And then fast forward years later, there are like 30, I think 35 of us around the U.S. that have one of our music, lo- oh, wow. our music community logos on them. And Two or three of them are guys, even though there's a community for female musicians. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. Like just people felt so empowered and inspired in being in our online music community 
I had thought it was crazy anybody would put a bumper sticker of our logo on their car. And I, I've seen that a few times over the, I was like, I figured I'd be the only one that would do that. Who else would, why would anybody else do that? And I guess I didn't realize the power of the community I'd built. It was called the oldest and largest online community of female musicians. I don't run it anymore, but I ran it for over 20 years. But that was the start of like seeing the power of a community feeling so passionate about something together that they all go do tattoos together. And it was just crazy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've often thought about getting my corporate logo tattooed, but I recently just rebranded. So I'm like, hmm. See, that could be a problem if you rebrand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You change things. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I do miss my old logo. It was fun and colorful. So I don't know, maybe I'll do a retro tattoo of my old my old logo sometimes. It's still a cool thing to do because it it was part of your life. And what a great way to keep it alive and seeing it on yourself. Have the tattoos ever worked against you? Have you ever had a problem because of the tattoos in social media? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, unless somebody just looks at me online and goes, that's somebody I'm not going to work with. I I mean, I think my knowledge speaks for itself and I think it doesn't matter. Another reason why I wanted my bio to have the tattoo wearing social media evangelist is that many times with our social media platforms, just our photo, you know, for personal brands, we do a headshot and they don't necessarily see that I have all these tattoos unless I have a header image where you can see it or I post pictures about it all the time. Now, because I'm trying to help people with social media, especially Twitter, I'm not putting tons of tweets and and Instagram and Facebook posts about my tattoos. So there's still plenty of times where I go speak an event and people are like two things they don't realize number one i'm as tall as i am 510 i'm pretty tall because i live in texas so i'm tall so many times people like whoa i didn't realize you're so tall and number two they don't realize i have so many tattoos mm. and that was another reason to share more and do that threaded tweet last year and kind of show off more because i feel like it is a big part of me and who i am i can say because both my arms are fully sleeved now like i'm just covered and this hasn't done anything to do with social media, but I do notice when I go places, I mean, I do get stared more often. Like I, I can tell people kind of look and go, whoa, but I also get like little kids that go, I love all your tattoos. Like, you know, I just get all kinds of interesting people just mm. making comments when they see me with, cause it's not real common to see a woman just completely covered with her arms, you know? Yeah. And I didn't expect that you were going to say it was a problem. In fact, I expected you would say it hadn't been a problem because I think they are much more mainstream now. But I want people to understand that the thing that you're most scared of, if you're holding back being yourself, sharing something about yourself, like tattoos, or you're not going on video, or you're not doing, like, there's a way around all of it. If you don't want to be on video because you don't want to show something, you can do Twitter spaces. That's right. Or a podcast or whatever. But if you really want to do video, don't let something like tattoos keep you from doing the kind of content that you really want to do, because chances are the worst thing you're thinking is going to happen isn't going to happen. Such a great point. I'm so glad you said that. That's why I wanted to talk to you about the tattoos, because you have this great brand and career with tattoos and it has... Well, I mean, today I'm making it seem like it has a lot to do with your brand, but it really has nothing to do with how you work and your ability to work. And I think people need to realize that whether it's it's weight, it's hair color, it's tattoos, it's piercings, it's whatever, beards, 
So there's a couple of people in the social media community that have long, long, long beards, right? And so maybe for men, it's the same thing with beards as it is for women with tattoos. I remember somebody having a conversation with Jeff C once who has a nice long beard and saying, you know, I didn't think I could have a nice long beard in this community. And then they met Jeff. So I just want people to know that they need to share their true selves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it reminds me of a story where, you know, I've been speaking at Social Media Marketing World for the last, I think, six or seven years now. And I mean, I've had tattoos visible for quite some time, but I have way more now Mm. over the last three to four years. And I've always been comfortable speaking on stage there at a big audience and not never had anybody ever look at me any different or say anything. But what was interesting is several years back, uh, speakers are part of this private DM group to share information about the event and people would ask questions. And I remember there was this new speaker. I didn't know her. She was a woman. And I just remember her messaging the group and saying, Hey, I have uh, one arm that's a full tattoo sleeve. I was trying to decide, should I wear a sleeveless dress or should I not? Should I cover myself up? You know, what do y'all think? Cause I'm new to this event. And I wanted to make sure she knew that she is welcome to this event, no matter what, that I've been comfortable on stage speaking there with my tattoos. Nobody ever said anything or acted weird about it. So I spoke up and said, wear your sleeveless dress, showcase who you are. This is a very welcoming community. They will totally embrace you. Yeah, I think that's a great story. We have to encourage people when they do share their true selves, when they do share and they get out there and they're trying something new, I like to try and encourage them. So I think that's great that you went out of your way to say, yes, please show your tattoos. Don't leave me hanging. (laughs) I want to see them all. (laughs) Right. Then I wouldn't be the only tattoo girl. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're probably not, but there's probably lots of other women hanging out in those circles that aren't showing them still. Right. Absolutely. maybe, Maybe they'll hear this and then they'll start showing them. Maybe the next time I see you in person, I'll have my own. Oh, yes. Your birthday tattoo. My birthday tattoo. That's a year and a half away, but I might make it back to social media marketing world after that. We'll see. Okay. So do you have any other last thoughts for people on being authentic? I can't believe we got through this whole podcast without saying the word authentic because I, I do use it a lot on this podcast, but the whole philosophy of being Flossom is sort of not worrying about what people think about who you are and what you look like and just doing the thing anyway, because you've got content to put out there. So do you have any last thoughts or quotes that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think authentic is such a great word. I think it is so important to be our authentic self in business and not be so worried about what other people think, because at the end of the day, nobody cares, you know, that we think like, such negative things about what people think about us. And and we just don't realize they're not because they don't They're worried about themselves and what's going on in their lives. So it's just, I think it's just more important to be your authentic self, do what makes you happy. It makes me happy getting tattoos. And I will say, I'm not a fan of the pain part. I mean, some people look at my and go, Oh, you must love pain. No, I hate that part, but I love the forever art. I get out of it that I can, you get to look at all the time and cherish. So that's what keeps me doing it. And I have to say it was very pivotal when it was written about me. They were calling me this tattoo wearing social media evangelist. I had never really thought 
of myself that way, even though I had a bunch of tattoos. So I really appreciate that somebody noticed, took notice of that and wrote about me publicly like that to make me even more empowered. I mean, prior to that, I would not have like stopped getting tattoos or anything, but prior to that, I wasn't really thinking of incorporating that more into my brand or talking about it as much as I have. So I really, you know, appreciate that somebody took notice and wrote about me like that, that made me realize, wow, this is something I need to embrace more and talk about more and share with people. And I've had people want to know more about the stories behind my tattoos. I've thought about putting together some kind of cool YouTube video and showing different tattoos and the meaning, because look, it might tweets. I can only say so much in tweets. Yeah. Right. So I think it'd be really awesome to have like a nice, cool video I can put on my YouTube channel that really shares a lot more about the stories. Mm. You know, I just read just this afternoon, just a little while before coming on this recording with you, a really cool, it's a quote, but it was a long one. I'll never get it all exactly right. But it was something to the effect of every person that you meet, including yourself, has a different idea of who you are. So you have a specific idea of who I am. I have an idea of who I am. My husband has an idea of who I am. My kids do. The person walking down the street, the people I work with in business, my client, they all have a different opinion and a different view of what it means to be Anita or what it means to be Madeline. And who's to say any of those are right and yours is wrong or yours is, you know, any better or theirs is any better than yours. So I thought that was really interesting in the whole realm of being flossom and being authentic, because all we can do is share ourselves and go for it. Just do it, right? Just do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> just that's why I have that tattoo, because yes, just do it. Don't be afraid to be your authentic self and do what makes you happy. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end this interview. Thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing all that knowledge about tattoos and branding and Twitter tips as well. I think uh, people are going to be really inspired by that. And I bet we're going to see some interesting tattoos pop up on Twitter once this is published and people are out there. Because I know I have one friend who is a tattoo artist, so she will probably start sharing. She's fully covered too, and it's beautiful. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and your stories with us today. We'll see you on Twitter, on the Twitter Smarter Chat, which is when? Thursday afternoons? Every Thursday at one o'clock Eastern. And then what we do is a part two later on Thursdays in Twitter Spaces, which is a lot of fun because I just love social audio these days. And that's every Thursday at five o'clock Eastern. So always a fun time, Twitter Smarter. Yeah. And the other one that's really useful for people, I tend to tune into Saturdays, you do Twitter audits, Twitter profile Twitter audits, audits, really yeah. helpful for people. So tune in for that one on Twitter spaces too on Saturdays. Yeah, Saturdays at one o'clock Eastern, always a fun hour of helping people make their profiles better. If all of this social media strategizing and planning sounds overwhelming to you, remember the first rule of being flossing. Take imperfect action. You are good enough. So just get started or ask for help. Did you know that I offer VIP no BS planning days? Sometimes you just need someone to get you started. I know I feel that way about things that are not my specialty. I just told a data specialist the other day that I needed him to set things up and then I'll be okay to maintain it. If you're feeling like that with social media, a VIP day might be just the thing to move your social media presence forward. 
you'll virtually walk away with everything you need to manage your own social media marketing or to hand it over to a virtual assistant, including a written strategy, a tactical plan for a whole year. Now, normally I charge $2,500 for this service and I only set aside three days per month for this. But since you're a loyal podcast subscriber, if you plug in the code BFLOSSOM, you'll receive a 10% discount. So go right now to twerp.ca slash VIP to get all the details. Mm.